Nathan Gould. And I'm Lazarus Gramos, and welcome to The Back Peg. What episode are we at, Nathan? Six? Yeah, this is episode episode six, Laz, and we've got no guests this week, but I think after a, a banger of a show last week, we can uh, sort of hold off on some of our guests for weeks to come. And boy, we've got some good ones in the pipeline. Yes, we do. We do. We won't give anything away as yet, obviously, but I think uh, next week's episode will be uh, one to um, savour. Looking forward to next week's as well. As much as I'm looking forward to this week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just because there's no guests doesn't mean it's going to be a rubbish show. Always enjoy rubbing, you know, button heads against you, Nathan. Yep. (laughs) As as we have been doing for the last couple of weeks on uh, the other program we often feature on uh, on 2SR. Yes. All months. It feels like we've been button heads since October, but that's fine. It makes for good content, uh, as they say. That it does. That it does. Hey, if we sat around here on this podcast for an hour each week and we just agreed with each other, what's the point of that? Exactly. 100%. No one's going to enjoy look, listening to that. People know that we're not going to agree anyway, right? You're a Man U supporter. I'm a Newcastle United supporter, right? I don't wish you any luck against the other team that you're playing tomorrow morning because that's where we're recording, <laughs> right? I could care less. I won't be watching that. No, that's not true. I'm a football <laughs> fan first. No, surely you want my team to do well tomorrow morning, surely. Look, from a football perspective, I do, right? Yes. No, but, but just you being a Real Madrid supporter, of course. I, yeah, exactly. If I was donning on my supporter's hat, I could care less. <laughs> I hope both. I hope there's a hole in the camp new and both teams go down. <laughs> but I, There was a similar, I, similar feeling from this morning with the <laughs> Arsenal from Manchester City, 22 red cards and both teams lose somehow. <laughs> I wish them both well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I, uh, yes. Yeah. So, but uh, plenty more on that front because we have a cup final coming up very yeah, but, soon. But hang on, let's be serious for a minute, though. What good would sport do we have be? to? Yeah, uh, well, okay, I guess not, but <laughs> let's just keep some perspective then. All right, we don't necessarily need to be serious, but let's keep some perspective. What good would, would it be if sports didn't have the antagonist team that you? You know, that you enjoyed going up against or that you wanted to see defeated, right? I mean, that's what that, football is. It, yeah, it's getting one over is. on the other guys. Yep. Yeah. That's all it is. And when so it all boils down to it, yeah. we love seeing some beautiful football out on the pitch, but it's just as much about getting one over on the other guy. Sydney FC would not want to see the demise of Western Sydney Wanderers from an organizational perspective. Real Madrid mm. would not like to see the demise of Barcelona. Do they want to see them suffer and not do so well? Yeah, sure. But, you know, you've got to have these rivalries. You've got to, you know. That's it. They've got to exist. Otherwise, what fun would it be? We no fun at all. We'd all be happy flowers, mm. as uh, Pep Guardiola likes to put it. Well, Pep's and, uh, a, no, Pep, no one wants to be a happy flower. Pep's a weird one at the best of times. <laughs> That's what makes him brilliant, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Right. Like him alone. There's a, there's, a, there's a fine line between... Uh, what is it? What's the saying? There's a fine line between genius and insanity. That's right. Do you think he, do you think there is a dark side to him? I think there is a real dark side to him. We just haven't seen it. You just don't see it. <laughs> what are we what are, what are we talking about here? Some like heinous act away from football. No, nah, not necessarily just the way that he can <laughs> no, just the way he conducts himself, I think. Because yeah. I mean, look, you have gotta have the yin and the yang, right? And he seems like one that has a lot of yin and yang. Um, it's all about into the media. He tries to portray a, you know tries to play as much with a straight bat as possible, if I can use an analogy from another sport. But, um, man, you don't get situations like Cancelo 
Ibrahimovic, uh, other things. If you ha- don't have a a strong dark side to, if I can put it that way. Yeah, of course, and I'm sure he's given out his fair share of hairdryer treatments and the sort of players you mentioned there. They'll be on the wrong end of it, and I think with Pep, it's my way or the highway, very much so. And if he gets a hint of someone with a little bit of discontent, that's it. You're gone. See you later, because it's his show, and he's the one in charge, very much like Simeone at Atletico Madrid. Yep. If you're a little bit out of line, if you're not 100% pulling your weight, then you're at the door, and it works well. That's why they're so successful as managers. Mm. So what's Mourinho? It's probably a bit more abrupt, abrasive, or in your face about it, right? So is Mourinho more of an open book than Guardiola? I don't know about that because I think Mourinho has a little bit of a persona with the press. Now, that's I don't think on. now hang on, that's a put on though. Yes. He knows it. He knows it gets mileage. Yeah, that's Re- my point. Yeah. Respect. Respect. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> but uh but yeah, Jose. We don't see the real Jose in the press conferences very rarely. It's only when he's absolutely on the top of the mountaintop. Well, he's on the mountaintop and he's celebrating after a massive win or something that we really see his true character in a press conference. I think we've seen more of the real Jose, or Jose, we should say. Jose. Uh, keep, keep falling into that bad habit of calling the Jose for some reason, but <laughs> Jose. Um, I think we see, we've seen a bit more of the real Jose at Spurs and Roma away from the pressure of a big club because, look, I think Real ruined him or not ruined him. Real changed him, right? That's as dark as he's ever gotten, okay? And Guardiola, obviously, that took a toll on Guardiola as well, right? So, I mean, the intensity of that rivalry back then as well was it was incredible. And the fact that it took someone like Jose to actually break the stranglehold of Barcelona at that time just goes to show how much it took out of them, I think. It just was such a, a drain, a strain on his uh, on his mental strength. And it just shows that you need to give absolutely everything at the top level of the game. And to break that Barcelona stranglehold, as you were saying, it, it does take something a little bit different, a little bit special. And he's done the same thing throughout his career. Like winning the treble with Inter Milan is another that, magnificent feat. That that's incredible, yeah. Absolutely needs yeah. to be highlighted just as much. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. That Interesting. Do you think yeah. he might be on his way to Chelsea for next season? For no, a third chance. no chance. No chance. No chance. No chance. A little bit. A little bit. Only well. Okay. What job would he go back to the UK for? Chelsea. Really? That's the only club I can see him going back to the UK for. But I think Chelsea would a also third have him time? back. Yeah, I think they'd have him back. Really? Mm. That's Especially crazy. if this run of form continues for Graham Potter. Oh look. I- I feel for Potter. I feel for Potter. I really do. What? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat, really. Having so many new players, like the, most of them don't speak English yet, don't even know each other's names. There's no main striker. The, yeah. the list goes on for mitigating factors for Potter for this season, but they haven't, they've only won one game since Christmas. Yeah. I think Pochettino is the person for Chelsea. It's probably a 50-50 between the two, I think. Uh, but can you see Pochettino actually going to Chelsea? I think so. Spurs and Chelsea. I, think so. I mean, I know that Mourinho did that divide, but that is a, you know, they do not like each other, right? But, the, you know, those clubs do not get along at all. There's no, you know, there's very You're right. respect for that. You're right they don't get along, 
but I don't think it would really stop someone like Pochettino from going to Chelsea. I think Pochettino wants to go to Real. I think, I think he does he too. Himself. I think he fancies himself for that job. Maybe Jose's going back to Real. No. Would you have him back? Mm, no. I wouldn't even have hurt Jose at Newcastle, even though I see the romantic side to that <laughs> because of the Bobby Rob. No, because the, the Bobby Robson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? There is a yep. romanticism around that, right? Um, Jose of, you know, the the uh, you know, the 2010s, possibly, but not now. I think Jose's just ready for a national team role. But he seems to be liking life in the Scudetto, so... You know, and Roma seems to be a good, you know, a good fit for him. I think so. So maybe he'll hang around after all that. How do we get? Yeah, maybe he'll 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 be there for a couple of seasons still to come, perhaps. And the way Italian football is at the moment, we've got Juventus up and down, Milan the same, Inter. One season they're good, one season they're not. Napoli have come from nowhere this season and absolutely stormed the league. What's to say Roma can't do the same next season or the one after? I think that's the story of European football. That one, Napoli. I think the story's still got a few more chapters to write as well. Uh, in terms of think, the, the, their fight for the Champions League. Mm, yeah. Because the way I see it, we've watched four games from the Champions League this week. Oh, they were boring. They were shocking games, all four of them. They were woeful. Maybe the Bruges Benfica one was the best of the bunch, but still. Bring on the Super League. <laughs> hey, you've uh, gone down the run shit a little bit here. <laughs> nah, bring it on. Bring it on. Nah, look, I mean, um, it's, 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 th- it's. Those that... four games we saw, they, they were dreadful. And. I look at the four teams from England that are in the European Champions League. There isn't anything there that screams that any of those teams are ready to go and win the whole thing. Chelsea out of form, Liverpool are nowhere, Spurs are nowhere, and City, yes, maybe they're starting to click into gear, but that's a massive ask for them to go and go the whole way and win the whole thing. I think Real are not the same team they were last Dad season. Dish Real, right? Real Madrid they're not the same the team world, they were last the season. World Club Champions. I will not have oh, any. We do. The newly crowned World Club champions. Who'd you right? beat? Al Halal. Hey, who beat Flamengo? Thank you very much. Do you mind? You might as well have played Cristiano one. Oh, come on. Al Halal, Al Nassar. Oh, what does that matter? Hang on. Wait a second. Al Halal got their merit. Yes, they did get their merit. Okay. But beat, are you telling the, me they're they the second the best Copa, club team in the world? On. They beat the Copa Libertadores champions. Yes. Have you yes. seen the clubs that play out of South America? Have you so seen you're that suggesting that Real Madrid are the best team in the world because they won the Club World Cup? No, I'm not saying that. They're the best team in the world because of their history, which is very storied. Right there now, are teams, but... hang on. There are teams around uh, the world that have won more leagues, right? But if you were to give a weighting, and if you were to give a weighting to the the Spanish league against um, top of my head, Olympiacos, for instance, in Greece, who have won God knows how many national titles, right? Uh, the weighting of the La Liga is a lot more than what the Greek title is. Yes, I'm not going to obviously not going to dispute you on that. Okay, well, uh, how, uh, how many titles have AX won? Plenty, plenty. Okay, probably more national leagues than what Real Madrid than what Real Madrid have. It, yeah, probably so. Yes. Okay. Um, do we agree that the La Liga would have a, a heavier weighting than the, the than the uh, Eredivisie? This is the longest detour to make a point I think I've ever seen. I don't know the, what what is your initial point here. Like, what are you trying to prove? Nothing. We're just talking. It's a, hey, listen, we're having a chat about football, right? This is what this show is built on. <laughs> it's about talking shit in the coffee shop, or in this case, a virtual coffee shop, right? Because 
you're trying to say that because Real Madrid beat Al Halal, they're a threat to the Champions League this season. No, not at all. I'm not saying that. I said don't dish the World Cup, the World Club <laughs> champions, right? <laughs> now, are they a threat? Are they a threat for this year's Champions League? What do you think? I think it's a completely open race. As yes. I was saying just before, the English teams have, are not quite where they have been in recent seasons. Nathan. Say so the same thing tell for me what you think. PSG, for Bayern <laughs> Munich. They're not really – there's no team in Europe of the favourites leading into this season the, to win the Champions League that is firing on all cylinders. No, there's no standout. None there's no standout. If you went down at the top six, seven, eight clubs mm. at the bookies in August mm-hmm. to win the Champions League for this season. Well, who are they? None of them. It would be City, Liverpool, Bayern, PSG, Real as a sixth, maybe can toss in, I don't know. Keep uh, it a five. Uh, Atletico. Keep, Keep it a five. five. It's, a, it's a clear five. That's it. I don't think any of them are primed and ready to go and blitz the rest of the Champions League knockout stage. What doesn't So help. my point is, mm-hmm. my point is that I think this season, the door is open for a roughie to win it. Yes, but to 100% agree with you there. Because of the fact also that in the round of 16, you've got four of the heavyweights up against each other, right? You've got PSG versus Bayern, and you've got Liverpool versus Real. And then you've got the likes of Club Bruges against Benfica, and one of them could play Napoli in a quarterfinal, for instance, mm-hmm. or Borussia Dortmund for that matter. Mm-hmm. Then you've got that's where a real roughy getting that far yeah. into the tournament. That's where it's wide open. Mm. Yeah, 100% agree with you there. But... Um, do Liverpool, do Real fear Liverpool? They won't fear them, but they'll respect them. And they're very familiar against uh, each other as well because they've played each other countless times over the last three seasons or four seasons in Champions League. And Real have the wood. They do. They do. And they're absolutely favourites to go through to the quarters against Liverpool, just purely based on recent form. Mm-hmm. Yes, Bayern have the wood on PSG. But Bayern still aren't playing as good as they have done they under Nagelsmann. To. They don't have to. That's also a good point because Real Madrid were rubbish for most of it last year. Oh, come and on. That went through most... You can't deny that. You can't deny that. Real Madrid ben, was nah, completely second-bested. Benzema was brilliant. In moments, sure. But nah, Real Madrid Benzema were completely brilliant. bested that, that... by Man City over the two legs. Uh, yes. Yes, they were. Majority, come on. Uh, 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 it's, it's a lot closer than what you think. If you take out a certain 10-minute period from the tie, City win that comfortably. But hang on, hang on. All games, all games are hinged on either on time, in moments in time. No, no, no. There's periods of dominance. There's there's phases to the game. They're based on on moments of time. So now, if, okay, let's let's take, for instance, the World Cup final, which we have said is probably the best game of football that we've seen. In, in recent memory, and that could be recency bias. But if if Mbappe doesn't have that spell, they don't get to extra time. Argentina were cruising. They were cruising. Okay. They were cruising. So, so, but again, that's not really relevant to the point. No, it is relevant because you're saying that, okay, well, uh, City dominated meant Real Madrid. Uh, the scoreboard indicates otherwise, over hundred over 180 minutes of football plus. Just like in the final for the, finals, for the World Cup final, 70 75 minutes, Argentina dominated France. Yeah. The, the final's easier to win, though, than what it is over two legs. Yes. But at the end of the day, it was still a 10-minute period Can't, over right. two games that Benzema and Real Madrid took their chances. Moments now, the point in time. is Moments in time. Manchester City were 
I don't know why I'm defending Man City so hard. That's what I was just about to ask you. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? Are you serious? You, you're actually a main news reporter. I'm just trying to roll you up, to be honest. Well, you, you, you do, you've done a good job. It doesn't take much. <laughs> Given the, you know, <laughs> it's my fault we are recording late, but it's been a long day. Uh, we've we've had fun, right? But you know, um, but I yes, can't no. I can't understand where you're coming from. You're def- you're actually trying to argue Manchester City, <laughs> right? As a main news supporter, yes, you know, outperformed Real Madrid. Which yes, okay, possession wise and you know, great. But I mean, we've seen it how many times before? Even it's been a criticism of this of previous Manchester City sides. Right, where they've dominated games possession wise and all those other statistics. But when it comes to the Champions League, they've always thrown it away. Well, Pep's always thrown it away. Pep, the like team. Not playing a defensive midfielder against Pep, Chelsea in, in the Portugal. Team, it doesn't matter. He's thrown it away each time. The thing is, that final against Chelsea a couple of years ago, if Pep goes on holiday for the week leading up to the final, they win the game two or three nil comfortably. Mm. But because. Pep's got a he's got a bit of a complex where he can't just win. He's got to win where everyone thinks he's a genius as well. And he's got to come up with some crazy plan that has to work and he's outsmarted everybody. Yep. Over 38, the win. Yeah. Over 38 games per season, you can do that. In these Champions League games, you cannot do that because you don't yeah. have the luxury of coming back next week to try and rectify your issues. Which Pep's tr- trying to work out this new formation that he's got at the moment, this 3-2-3-1 Mm. system that tries to get Haaland into a possession style. Mm. Hey, I've seen this argument last season, but City are not a better team with Haaland in it. It'll probably not work. better last season. Look, it'll probably work because they'll probably win the league. I don't know if they'll win the Champions League again. I don't or, think Sorry, do. not again, but I don't know if they will win the Champions League. But they'll, they'll fail again. Possibly. I hope so. So do I. <laughs> I hope they fail at the league as well. Right, but Someone asked me during the week because – as we'll come on to in a minute, and you'll hate me for saying this, but it's relevant to the go. point. Go on. <laughs> Manchester United are five points off the top. As no, don't start. No, 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 no. Please do no, me no, a favour. No. no, please. Someone, do me a someone gave me a hypothetical. Not, no. Someone. Okay. Listen. Do yourself and me a favour, and let's not go <laughs> down this Manchester United are in line to win the title business. Right. Not listen to this bullshit. I'm sorry. The qu- the question was, would you take City winning the league if United won the Premier League? Right. Sorry, say that again. I'll say it again. I'll say it again. Yeah, I know it's been a long up. day and a long day. <laughs> it has been a long day. <laughs> Would I take City winning the Champions League if Manchester United won the Premier League this season? Would you? The answer is no. Why? Because the Champions League is the one thing we have left over Man City. Mm. No, I can understand that. I can understand that. But you know, so at the end of the day, so you wouldn't be happy if Manchester City won the Champions League. And you, because I think I think that's a bigger party. Lot, and your lot win the Premier League because they don't deserve to win the Champions League. That's a different. How many times? Fish. How many times have they booed the, the Champions League song at the Etihad? That's because. Hang on, listen. I know. I know why they do it. Okay. All right. I know why now, they do they're it. They're very salty still in UEFA, right? Yes, and absolutely. I'm sure they can't wait for the Super League either. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll come on to that, but they're probably one of the biggest proponents of it, aren't they? Correct. Well, you know, they're a bit salty about UEFA, but <laughs> funnily enough, you know, UEFA may have done them a favour right now. No, they, they're getting pretty salty at the Premier League as well. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. But yeah, I thought it was rich it. that the City fans were pulling the Premier League anthem at the weekend. That's right. So UEFA, 
All right. The practice with UEFA and the story with UEFA could actually have them in good stead to try and mount a defense against these charges and allegations. These are alleged match charges. <laughs> that, that's right. The, the Man City's lawyers are match fit. <laughs> oh, geez. Modern football, huh? Modern football. Uh, yeah, listen, you know, politics and sport, sport and politics, they go hand in hand, unfortunately. And, and there's, there's the a new. Uh... Sport, the politics of sport is. You know, crazy in itself, and the business of sport. Yep. But yeah, and there's potentially a new uh, new sovereign fund at the big table in the Premier League as well coming up. Okay, tell me if you believe the rumours. It's looking more and more likely that the uh, Qataris are going to be behind a Manchester United takeover. I'm sorry. Since when did this become a Manchester United podcast? Uh, it's relevant <laughs> to the point again. <laughs> no, it is. It is. I'm just taking the piss. You know that. Oh, I fully know. You, you're getting you're getting back at me for the Real Madrid chat before. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's but, right. And yes. look, there's a lot to digest about that. And let's see when, if, if and when it gets closer, because I can see, you know, the Premier League ran the um, PIF in Saudi Arabia through the absolute ringer uh, before um, uh, before they were granted approval to acquire Newcastle United. I would have liked Absolutely to know what were. would have happened if that sale had not gone. Well, no, actually, I don't want to know because Mike Ashley would have ran the thing into the ground, unfortunately. You'd be in League One right now or on your way there. It is best to put us in League One, I can tell you, from a business perspective as well, let alone mm. um, you know, uh, on the field. But, uh, yeah, the, the bid deadline for Manchester United apparently is Friday this week. Mm-hmm. Listen by the time you uh, listen to this show, maybe you already know who is going to be the front runner. Perhaps it'll be Qataris, perhaps it'll be Jim Ratcliffe, perhaps it'll be some US investment bank that's come to the fore. Is it disrespectful to call our listeners backpackers? <laughs> I, I think it might be catching you on. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> or do we just call them peggers? Right, peggers for short, I reckon. Peggers? All right. Yeah, Let's go peggers. with peggers. <laughs> So Peggers get in touch. Yes. <laughs> DM us. You know, send messages on Twitter, whatever you like. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. it's it's brilliant that the back Thank Peggers. You. Thank you. Yep. Uh, did you have that in mind when you came up with the name for the show? Not at all. Were you were you thinking that many steps ahead? No. <laughs> or were you just desperate to come up with something that wasn't already taken for a podcast? No, I just thought that while you said listener. I thought, mm. Mm. do we call them back beggars or peggers? Mm. Yeah, well, I suppose we can call them peggers. Mm. Can't hurt. So, as we say. If you find it offensive, well, offensive. we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> offensive to who? Oh, who knows? It may, have, it may have other connotations that we're not aware of. <laughs> uh, probably best left uh, left unanswered that question. That's right. So, But we don't uh, care so if yes. we've offended anyone, so there you go. But we'll just go with peggers or back peggers. Ring forward, they care. That's right. Um, so yes, Peggers, by the time you listen to this show, uh, you may already know who's in the front run running to buy Manchester United and perhaps by extension, who's in the front running to buy Liverpool because they're both up for sale as well as Tottenham. There was a story this week that they might be subject to a takeover bid. Yes. And you probably know what the result is of Barcelona and Manchester United. <laughs> uh d- direct all uh shit talk to uh Laz on Instagram. There you go. <laughs> he can he can collate it for next week. <laughs> oh, how many is, well, you know. Uh you guys know how I feel about Manchester United. Oh yes. So I've got plenty is. of family members and friends that like Manchester United. <laughs> I hear it all the time from them, don't worry. 
Where are these people? Bring them on the show. No, 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 no. They're okay where they are. <laughs> hey, we got we got a um, couple of uh, potential uh, guests coming up who support some interesting teams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yes, we do. Uh, yes, that, that's that's going to get very interesting over the next couple of weeks. I don't know if we'll cover that off though. Mm. I don't think we'll have a chance. We'll see. That's we'll, we'll see. You. We'll see. We have to get some sort of mentioning, surely. We might just do a quick one just for transparency and get it out of the way so that Surely. we can move, move, move on to the rest of the <laughs> of the discussion, which I think is more pertinent. But anyway, we'll see how it goes. Yes, it certainly is. There is a, a bigger topic to discuss uh, in the coming weeks, but uh, that's enough hints for what's coming up on the backpack to come. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll, we'll turn our attention to the Super League now, and we've had a couple hints added already on this show, a couple of references to the Super League, and it's all kicked off again. Two years after the last set of proposals from the European Super League, that's a very creatively named organisation. Now it's A22. At least they've come up with a bit of an acronym or a bit of a bit of a, a different jazzier name, perhaps. Uh, I think that's just the marketing firm that's actually looking after them. I think it's just well, the they, well, there you go. Yeah, All right. But they got to stop calling it a Super League. Yeah. At this point, the name is just tarnished. Yeah, the European Federation of Football Clubs. I was going to go with like a or, hyper mega league or the effort. <laughs> I can't come up with an acronym, so we'll just go. We'll call it the effort. <laughs> Efit. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, because when when these proposals came out, everyone's already kicking off that they shouldn't be allowed to leave the Premier League and La Liga, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that's not the proposal this time around. No, it's not. They're not suggesting to withdraw from their current domestic competitions and go off and form their own NFL-style competition where they have a closed-off gate and keep all the money for themselves. They're just looking to replace the Champions League, Europa League, and Conference League. Nathan, that's what they say. This proposal has merit, right? But it is going to kill the tier of football underneath it because essentially what we're doing is we're putting in four tiers of European. Well, what the proposal is, in a nutshell, is that we're putting four tiers of European football above the current domestic leagues. Now, how does that work? Right? How does that work? Because if we're going to say that the current top eight, and maybe this is the only way it can work, right? I, I don't know. But of these proposed 80 teams that are going to participate in these European leagues and have promotion relegation between them, what happens to the domestic competitions underneath that? I think it literally just is replacing the Champions League. So like the oh, Nations League format okay. that we're used to for international teams. Right. A similar running for that, for the clubs. Yeah. So it would happen on Wednesdays and Thursdays, midweek. And so Real Madrid play AC Milan on Wednesday, then they go and play Barcelona on Sunday, play Juventus again midweek, and then they go and play Almira. It's mm. literally just replacing the current European competitions where you have right. promotion relegation. So one team's in the Champions League, and then they get relegated to the Europa League, and then they get promoted back again. Jeez. And... That, the way you got confused a little bit there as to how it works with the current domestic system, that's why they shouldn't be calling it the Super League anymore. No, they shouldn't. Because everyone's built this connotation that Super League means it's going to destroy domestic football. Now, Mm. the impact of the financial side of things is a different question. The teams competing in this new format, are they Mm. going to be able to blow all the other teams out of the water more so than they already are? Mm. That's a separate discussion. But does it kill off the likes of Aston Villa, Forest, clubs of this nature, I don't think it will do it immediately. Yeah. No, you're right. Look, if they go with that kind of format, 
ironically, if they adopt the UEFA Nations League format, it could work. It's it's plausible. It's feasible. On that, on that, you know, if they're going to group it, so if because my understanding initially was that it would just be a league, home and away. But that's I think the, the look, connection I made to the, to the Nations League was purely just to yeah. get the promotion relegation side of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So if it's like that, it's feasible. And the, there's a lot of merit in it. There's a lot of merit in it. I think there is because just in this past transfer window, and I've said this before, perhaps here, perhaps in other forums, but when you've got the likes of Bournemouth competing with AC Milan for a player and Bournemouth are able to offer a stronger financial package, there's something wrong there. There's, that doesn't sit right whatsoever. No disrespect to Bournemouth whatsoever, but AC Milan shouldn't really be competing with Bournemouth for signing players. Not with the history of AC Milan, but the Italian league has suffered. But even so, AC Milan are a top six team in Italy. But just at the yeah. very nature, history aside, they're a big club in Italy. They shouldn't be competing with a promotion side from England. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right, because Italian teams do tend to trouble the uh, English teams as well. So back to your point with regards to the not calling it the Super League. And, yeah, I, I agree. There's a, lot, there's a lot in the name. There, there is, and there's a lot of... There's a lot of connotation with that name, and yeah, it, it's A twenty two need to change the name. They should just. Why call is it a, always Super League? Like it's easier. We for have Europeans the Super League here it. in the Rugby League here in no, Australia. It's easier for Europeans to say. It's, it's been Super League across in so many sports and so many cultures around the world. Come up with a different adjective. Call it a mega league, league yeah. a hyper league. I don't know something else. But mm. Super. Why is it super. Super. Like I say, like I said to you, is easy for Europeans to actually say. Right in across all accents, and it'll easily be understood. I remember the old San Jose Ed joke. It was the Indian Superannuation League. (laughs) (laughs) Almighty! (laughs) Move on. (laughs) Next topic. We've killed that one now. (laughs) (laughs) Look, the 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 trouble is they can't call it the Europa League because UEFA has already moved into that. Because that would have been a really good name for it as well. Uh, Mm. But yeah, it would have. Yeah. But there we go. I'm sure look, there'll be another name for it. Not, I think so. But you know. Les, do you think this is something that needs to happen to save European football as it is often referred to? Come, come on. We can't have a round of 16 like the rubbish that we just watched. But Seriously. does that speak to the format or to the competition itself? Bit of both. Bit of both. I didn't think that the format, it was there was anything wrong with the format. But, yeah, it's, um, you know, it hasn't been great to watch. And there's no guarantees that it won't be great to watch when they do changes either, right? Now, really, this is just a power play and a, and a money play, right? Now, is it a smarter idea? Yeah, it probably is, actually. And UEFA are just cut because they haven't thought about it. And goodness knows what FIFA are trying to, you know, what, wanting to do to get into it because FIFA are thinking, bugger. Well, actually, they're probably thinking other terms. But um, You mentioned FIFA. That means it's time for this week's Gianni oh, Corner. That's me, seriously. <laughs> Okay, let's go to Gianni. No, Gianni, I'm joking. The only thing Gianni did right this week. Go on. I shouldn't be. Well, no, bugger it. I will be FIFA. I couldn't care less. Right. Um, I don't think we're going to get Gianni Fatino on the backpack. Well, you know, have a, you know, you know, I'm a bit salty at FIFA, but that's for different reasons. But um, <laughs> the um, the with regard to FIFA, the only thing Gianni did right is actually hand the trophy correctly to Real Madrid. And even then, Benzema looked at him funny. I don't blame him either. Mm. There's not many players who wouldn't look at Gianni funny at the moment. Mm. Yeah. 
No. Yeah, it was an interesting photo, I can tell you. But never mind. Anyway, Gianni's mighty his... Real Madrid Look, lifting Gian... the Club World Cup after beating the, the powerhouse of Al-Halal. Gianni's had his mention. I'm going to just move on from there. <laughs> Gianni's had his mention. You, you, you've had you've mentioned Gianni. We've mentioned El Presidente. Let's move on. Next topic. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. VAR, Laz. Oh, fuck. Let's move on. Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez we can have a VR scrap in another episode it's been a rough week to oh, look, we can't no we, well yes but come on <clears throat> look next topic no I, look <laughs> I'm empathetic to people you know but when the excuse is dished up you just you wouldn't even say it right you just don't just don't say no. it you know what how whip oh he obviously needs a lesson in PR. Just don't say it, man. Seriously, like you cannot say. I understand the need for transparency. I appreciate the need for transparency, but to say that someone forgot a ruler to bring, so he couldn't draw a line on a. Anyway, I think I've sworn enough in this episode. Someone's going to be cranky old man. I got the shits. I don't. Right. You've just you've just been up for all day. Yeah, that's right. But it's it's just crazy. Like seriously, it's. Yeah. It, it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. Because there's two that we that, that we really should talk about this week. Okay, let's let's. Talk you're about referring them to the one. Move on. You're referring to the one of the Emirates against yes. for Arsenal against Brentford last weekend. It's last where they for, they forgot to draw the bloody lines. They just how forgot. Do you, how do you forget? How do you forget? Look, I understand it's a complicated one where there was two offsides to check, and that's what's happened. He's checked the first offside, think, oh, okay, that's it, offside done. No need to worry about anything else. Oh, I think I forgot something. Mm. Oh, well. Oh, well. That's all right. Whatever. We move on. People complain right. about VR taking too long, so let's move on. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I don't want to criticize. Look, mistakes happen, right? But there's mistakes and there's mistakes, Lars. Yeah, I know. But why is Howard Webb looking like a, like a hero right now? Well, not a hero, but he's like, okay, listen. You know, he comes out and says, this guy forgot to, you know, draw a line. And he's been stood down. He was still the fourth official this weekend. Yeah. He's not, he's not been demoted completely. He's just had okay. to change a role. Well, as long as he hasn't been demoted because, the, you know, I'm sure these guys are all under contract and they've all got families to feed, right? Um, but I would have thought that if you, are hand, if you are doing the VAR job, that you have got the capacity to do it. And that's there's what- also the one at Sellers Park on the weekend, Crystal Palace against Brighton, where they drew the lines. Great job. You, they got past step one, draw the lines. Step two, make sure you draw it on the right player. Should we scrap it? They drew the it on AR? the wrong defender. Should we scrap the AR? Of having it because, yeah. yes, I understand that VAR getting everything right is a tale from fantasy land that is never going to happen. We're never going to get 100% correct decisions on VAR, right? And I, I'm not here expecting VAR to get everything right. But when we have instances, of complete incompetence. Yes, it is the people. It's not the technology. It's the people running it, right? But at the end of the day, we spend three, four, five minutes to arrive at the wrong decision, not because of a gray area with the rules, not because uh, it's too close to call. It's a 50-50 decision. Nah, it's not clear and obvious. Oh, we don't want to re-riff the games. How many times have they come up with excuses for VAR? For me, I, I, I would like to see it scrapped at this point because we're still getting the same rubbish decisions every week. 
the same talking points about referees not being good enough. And this happens in every league, in every sport around the world. Everyone says the referees aren't good enough. And I do feel sorry for referees as a whole. They don't get nearly enough respect for what is an essential role in football. 100%. But at the end of the day, it just makes you tear your hair out. I have none left, so... (laughs) It took the joke out of my mouth, really. And I, I was going to say, well, I, I'd tear well, my hair I, out. I, listen, I thought I'd, you know, get in you know, before you would. Right? It makes me want to pull my beard off. No. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's – look, I feel for them, um, but they're not doing themselves any favours either. Right? And we're just going to have more respect for our, our officials. Right. But the officials also need to engage the players and talk to them in a way that's uh, engaging as well, right? And – I've always looked at rugby with envy with regard to that. And I don't mean the NRL talking about rugby union. Right. Rugby union, the referees are, they don't have this kind of dissent. And they, there's no areas with regards to, um, uh, you know, being rude to the officials, right? They're not treated with disrespect. At the end of the day, um, you don't have a game without officials. Treat the officials with, with respect. They're not always going to get it right. VAR should help them get it right. It doesn't. Because either they're not educated, people well forget to draw to the lines. It. Yeah, they're not. They're either not educated well enough to use it, or they've made a mistake. Now that just goes to show that, and perhaps the answer is this semi-automated refereeing. I don't know, but I think with VAR, when it comes to offside, get rid of it. Let the linesman do it, do the job, and that's it. And I would be happy if the last of the if the trailing leg of the defender. Uh, and the tra- and the trailing leg of the attacker are in line, right? I'm happy with that. That's onside for me. Let's go. Yeah, because we can talk about how the linos have been told to let things go if they if it's close and let VAR handle it. And I hate that as well. Mm. Just, players get players get injured for right. pa- passage of football that shouldn't be getting played. 100. percent So if, if and 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 put the flag up. If there's one away. close, yeah, just put the flag up, right? If you disallow an attacking move by accident incorrectly, so be it. That's not going to happen too often. Mm. And yes, players don't get injured every time play goes on because it's a close offside. But but I'll tell you what, I think the standard of officiating on the field, in particular in the APL, with regards to the linesman, actually, when you do get to see the flag being raised, right, they've actually got it right more often than not with regard to offside. So that goes to show that they the interpretation of the rules is is pretty good. I don't think many people have beef with linos, to be Not fair. Not at all. So it's more it's more with centers and VAR. Correct. So let's just go with that. Yeah. Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for me, Laz? What do I got? All right. A couple of things that have caught my eye off off the field. On the field, we should say that um the Cup of Nations has started in, in the women's warm up, women's World Cup warm up. And did you know that the um, final playoffs for the uh, for the final qualifying spots for the Women's World Cup are about to take place as well? Is that on in the next week, is it? Yes, it is. It is. It is indeed. So Fantastic. this weekend, actually, uh, it kicks off. Yeah, this weekend. Who have we so, got, Buzz? So Who's in the playoffs? Who's in the playoffs? Um, we've got Cameroon. Cameroon versus Thailand. And the winner of that will play Portugal. So that's Do they have a player up front called Sue? Moving on. Next. <laughs> dear, oh, dear. Uh, I can just imagine the striker for the Portuguese team called Sue. A scoring goal going off the corner and going, Sue. 
like I said, moving on. <laughs> right. So we've got uh, one spot will be decided between Chinese Taipei, Paraguay, right? They'll be playing on Sunday. And on the other side of that draw will be either Papua New Guinea, go for Papua New Guineans, and Panama. Right. So one of those four teams will be in uh, the World Cup. The World Do they go into the group with the USA? Um, good question. I believe not because it just depends on the – yeah, there is a qualifier, but there's connotations around uh, obviously the continental aspects of it. So, yeah, so it just depends on how that all plays out, I guess. Um, but we'll, Because we'll, I don't think Australia we'll, have got a, a qualifier in, in the group stage. No, do we? No, I think that's right. No, they don't. No, they don't. But I'm pretty sure you're right. Do. The USA definitely do. Um, and they'll probably put about 20 goals past whoever that is, unfortunately. That's right. But that's okay. Look, you've got to be in it. Got to be you in got, it to win you, it. You've got to be in there. So, and um, which is good. Uh, then you've got the winner of Cameroon and Thailand actually take, going through to play against Portugal for the right to qualify. And then you've got the winner of Senegal and uh, Haiti to play up against Chile. Or Chile for the um, right to qualify. So there were three qualifiers determined, and we'll know those qualifiers by this time next week. And then we'll have our complete mm-hmm. set of teams. Yeah, our complete we'll, thirty-two going to the World Cup. Correct. But well, the four semi-finals are on this weekend: two on Saturday uh, and two on Sunday. And uh, Sydney time, midday and five o'clock, respectively, on both days. And then when are the finals for the qualifiers? Uh, Wednesday. Um, two of the qualifiers will be uh, one at midday, one at 5.30 city time, and then on Thursday, the final of the qualifiers, which will be at midday Sydney time. All next week, huh? All next week. So by Fantastic. The time, yeah, by Fantastic. The time, yeah, by the time we record next week, we'll know the final set of the 32 for the Women's World and Cup. Maybe we'll be talking about that next week. But something that did catch my eye, which is Women's World Cup related, what Go the on. heck is going on in, in CONCACAF and in particular Canada? My Lord, I'm not across the story, so enlighten me, Les. All right. So we mentioned Canada in the in the Men's World Cup as well in, on the um, Daily Doha that series that we were doing. Canada Soccer didn't, decided to announce cuts to the national team programs, both with the women's and the men's sides uh, through their uh, professional, through the Canadian Soccer Players Association, released statements saying that uh, they were outraged and deeply concerned and um, due to the news of significant cuts to the national teams programs for 2023, which does not make sense because let's think about it. Yes, in particular, we'll get to the Canadian women's team in particular. Um, The Canadian women's team are the defending Olympic gold medal champions and happen to be in the same group as the Matildas and decided and declared that they would actually go on strike during this international break. I guess what Canada Soccer turned around and did. So the Canadian women's national team was supposed to play in a cup being held in Florida uh, called the She Believes Cup, and they decided, they declared that they would go on strike. But uh, Canada Soccer actually threatened to sue anyone from the women's national team that... um, would continue this strike, or that would actually uh, did strike. So what do you make oh, of that, right. Nathan? Oh, right. That's not a happy players team. Not at all. And wow, ahead of a World Cup, you have that sort of drama. This Canadian side probably are good enough to go and win the whole tournament. Well, they're a threat to Australia, that's for sure. But if 
you have to deal with these issues at home, then you're not in the right mindset. You don't have that same spirit that the other teams will have that you need to go and make a deep run of the tournament. So maybe the Canadians are, are going to be facing an early, early exit from this World Cup. And yeah, yeah. that would be disappointing. Good for Australia, but, you know, it could galvanise I mean, they both can get well. out of the group. Yeah, it could galvanise them as well, right? Mm. That is true. That is true. We have seen that down the years as well, teams rising to the adversity, sort of a two fingers up at the Canadian FA in that sense. And the women's national team of the United States, um, some of a couple of players have uh, actually come out and supported the uh, their Canadian counterparts, obviously, because there would be a lot of the Canadian women's soccer players playing in uh, the NWSL. But um, you had the likes of Alex Morgan actually tweeting, what do they have to do to win a gold medal or sell out stadiums? Oh, wait, they have done it. It's 2023, wake up Canada soccer, you're on the clock. So there you go. So what what reason do you see, Laz, as to why they've made these cuts? No idea. Because they no wouldn't idea. have done it for no reason. They wouldn't have done it just to spite the team. Obviously, they didn't get enough money from uh, FIFA during the the Men's World Cup, I'm guessing. Because they, I, I believe that, and I might be talking out of school here, but I believe that uh, both national teams' uh, players are entitled to equal pay as well. So um, they did take some action. The women's players did take some action where uh, during training uh, they were filmed with wearing their kits inside out or taped over the Soccer Canada crest. So oh, we've, we've seen that with other teams in years gone by. I think the women's team in the United States as well have done that, mm. if I'm not mistaken. So you've got a – just think about it for a minute though, right? You've got one of the hosts of the upcoming Men's World Cup and their women's national team are the current gold medal Olympic champions and one of the top eight threats to this World Cup, the Women's World Cup, that we're about to see later on this year. You tell me what the hell's going on. It should be a moment of celebration. It's a golden era for Canadian football, both on the men's and the women's side. Now, the the men's is well documented, achieving an appearance at the finals for the first time in, what is it, 40 years. And the women, as you say, Olympic champions, one of the threats to take out this tournament in the upcoming months. It should be a golden period for Canadian football. But we're left here to dissect off-field scenarios, off-field incidents, off-field strategic quandaries that really shouldn't be happening. So I think realistically, they probably should have waited before making any real cuts if they were going to. If If their hand is forced, for instance, I don't think it is, but if it was, they should have waited for at least post-tournament to actually do something, to ride the wave, to get people really interested in the, in the sport, in the game, up there in that part of the world. And then you can sort of, not that you want to generate negative press, but if you have to do it, do it a bit later on, kick the bucket down the road, you know? Yeah, something tells me that um, that this is not going to end well. Like, um, yeah, so, well, not end well, but it'll end. But something has definitely gone wrong at, at Soccer Canada. And the way that they've handled this, I'm trying to think of think of it from an administration point of view, and what would actually lead to you to actually do this. And it doesn't make sense to me that you cut programs, especially in a World Cup year for women, and you're on. You are about to host a or partially host a men's World Cup in the in the next World Cup cycle. It just does not make sense to me at all. So they must have lost some funding. The sponsorship deal got awry. And decided that they're not going. You know, they're not going to try and 
um, make restitution here and just pull the you know pull the plug. It just does not make sense to me. Looking from the outside in. No, and I'm sure they have a, a, a reason. As I say, they're not just going to spot the teams for the is sake it, of it. No, but is it plausible? I mean, yes, okay. It it doesn't make sense because football is on the up and up in Canada, in Canada and North America, right? I mean, the United States and Canada and you know Central America, and Mexico as well, right? It's always it's the most popular game there, obviously. But it just none of this just makes sense at all. It, it, it's would you expect a nation that's about to host the World Cup and you've got the women's team, you know, reigning gold medalists? Of the Olympics tournament to actually cut funding to your programs, where we no, know that they've not. where we know that they've invested in the past years gone by to actually bring these programs up to that level. So now you're about to go through the next threshold, and you're just going. You just got cold feet. Maybe they overextended. They spent too much. <sighs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It beggars belief. Yeah, watch is, it's a watch this space though. That's for sure. So we'll keep an eye on that. Absolutely, because there is going to be more developments. In the weeks to come, I'm that's sure. What, that's what caught my eye. How about yourself? Aside from VAR and Manchester. Oh, we've covered off pretty much stuff. everything that caught my eye this week. Uh, yeah. One other we should mention is uh, a, good, a, a shout out to uh, Jakob Jankto, the mm-hmm. uh, midfielder for Slavia Prague, who was uh, who came out this week and all the power to him. And I love the statement that, that Sparta Prague put out in a company to the to the video that uh, Jakob put on his social media. I saw Jakob's uh, message. I didn't see his uh, the club's uh, message, though. What, so the club statement reads as follows. I've, I've got it in front of me here. Uh, the club statement reads, that Jakob Jankto spoke openly about his orientation with the club's management, coach, and teammates some time ago. Everything else concerns his personal life. No further comments. No further questions. You have our support. Live your life, Jakob. Nothing else matters. Yeah, just leave it there because that's well said. 100%. Yeah. Great statement. Yep. Because hit nothing else does matter. No, hit the spot. So shall we have a look at some of our far-flung teams, our obscure ideas, our obscure teams, how they yes. got on the past week? Yes. Let's bring let's and, this up. Because uh, I, I, I saw your Colombian boys absolutely gave it to um, their opponents again. Nah, we had a draw. I'm not mistaken. Oh, sorry. That was you are mistaken. Before. Sorry. That was a week before. We yes, uh, America de Cali. My boys, the Red Devils of Colombia, we played against uh, La Equidad and struggled to a one-all draw. Leaves us in fourth place on the table with uh, two wins and a draw. So seven points on the board. Not a bad start. A fall from grace. (laughs) Uh, And uh, we're next in action on Sunday morning, Sydney time, and we're at Independiente uh, Madeline, who are yet to win a match. Yes. And yes, that's right. And your boys get on. One all draw away to Atletico Nacional. So that sounds like a good result. Yeah, it is. Look, two draws. I mean, they've played two and they've drawn two, so they're on two points. But um, yeah, so far it's a uh, forgettable season thus far for the Deportivo Cali. Mm, we got the Cali Derby coming up in a in a month or two. Yes, that's right. Very inch, very so, very much looking forward to that one. So Deportivo Cali will be playing against. Uh, Aguilas Doradas on Tuesday, our time. Three points, surely. At home. So, um, well, look, no, no I'm not going to say surely because uh, Aguilas Doradas are uh, on in second. So, yeah, not comfortable about that one. But anyway, let's just see what happens. <laughs> and uh, shall we come a bit west? Absolutely. A long, a long way to west. Our, to 
our confederation. Yes, to our uh, neighbours to the northwest. Yes, they are northwest. Mm. And vegan uh, Laz, how'd your boys get on Ho Chi Minh City? Ho Chi Minh City went down on Monday night. Two nil away. Uh, two nil at home, I should say, to Santa Conhoa. Oof. How are you? Not guys? having a great season, are they? No, I've picked two duds. <laughs> hey, it's still early doors. Well, mate, with, uh, hang on. Ho Chi Minh City, bottom of the league, ready to get relegated. <laughs> what what happens then? <laughs> if they go uh, down, we can't. I'll, we can't I'll, do... I'll have to find someone else. But it's um... <laughs> you'll jump ship. <laughs> well, I, you know, we said we're going to follow these guys, but we're not. You know. You just gotta keep it on. Yeah, look, we'll go down. Yeah, look, I'm more inclined to do that. I'll probably end up going into the V, you know, the V2 league or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, I don't like the name of that V2 league, so we'll have to call it, come up with something else. It sounds like a disease. I think it is called the V2 league or the V League Two. Or V League Two. There you go. Maybe it's V League Two. Uh, my boys, uh, Konong, uh, Kong An. Hanoi or the Hanoi Police, mm-hmm. uh, they went down against uh, Viettel mm. last week. Uh, two one defeat leaves them in seventh place. Yeah, yeah. Played three, one one, lost two. The good thing is, right? But Ho Chi Minh City just need to win one, and you boys lose, and we're on equal points. <laughs> Still early doors. You, s- you early see doors. these sorts of strange things early on in the season, don't you? Very true. Very true. Uh, and uh, Hanoi Police, Kong An, uh, next in action on Sunday evening against mm-hmm. Huang An uh, Gai La, Gai, uh, Lai. Let's go with that pronunciation. That was pretty good. Let's go with that one. It's probably wrong. Probably. Any, any Vietnamese speakers out there, do get in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. A- and uh, I think that's... The opponents on Sunday evening have had yeah. uh, three draws so far this season, so safe to say it'll probably be another one. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought, yeah, that's Sunday night. But uh, tomorrow night, uh, Friday night our time, because we're recording on Thursday night, um, Ho Chi Minh City, the mighty Ho Chi Minh City are away to Bin Duong. Oh, yeah. That's a tough one. Uh, look, if we beat, if Ho Chi Minh City uh, knock them over, we jump them on the table. So there you go. Are you saying it's a relegation six-pointer? You going that early? I'm going that early. Yes, let's go. <laughs> although, although I did notice that the that uh, positions nine through to fourteen actually uh, go into the relegation playoffs. Like so, so the league will split. Um, oh, I hate that. Yeah, I don't look, like it at all. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, we'll look, you know, we'll keep an eye on it anyway and see what happens. It's an interesting format, but I think I do prefer the simplicity of. <laughs> Three up, three down, or two up, whatever. However many yeah. it is, just look. It, it's a relegation game. playoffs. Like really, how often do you see the the team that's in the top flight go down in a yeah, playoff? Chances, chances are, it's a money spinner because it gives these leagues, which uh, only have fourteen to sixteen teams in them, uh, further rounds for um, you know for more revenue. So there's a few leagues around that do a split, like on Scotland and Belgium. The Greek league does it. Yeah, the Greek Super League does it. Yes. See? No, it's an in- interesting the, the form. Super, the Greek League is actually called the Super League, the Greek Super League. Maybe they should change it to the Greek Mega League. Ooh, possibly. Possibly. <laughs> Have we hit the back peg, Les? I think so. I think we've hit the back peg. And just this, in time, uh, not a moment too soon. Yes. This is a chaotic episode, number six of the back peg. Um, thank you very much for joining me, Les, on, on this episode. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks to all the back peggers out there. All the peggers. It's yes. been an absolute pleasure. 
Thank you, Backpackers, for tuning into this show. Uh, Thank you for your support, your uh, reviews, your interactions on the socials. Thank you very much for all that. And uh, we'll be back next week, perhaps with a guest. Thanks again, Nathan. Perhaps too. Perhaps too. too. Another bit of a tidbit there for you. Stay stay tuned. tuned. Stay tuned for that one. But for now, I've been Nathan Gould. And I'm Lazarus Gross. Take care, all. Thank you.